Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? Doing fantastic today, Tim. We're winding down the week. It's been a crazy week here at the uh, Crawl Space Media Headquarters. I hope everyone out there has had a wonderful week. I hope they're listening with a smile on their face. I'm looking at you. There's no smile, so I'm very concerned. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Oh, good. I'm excited that uh, we get to share this this great conversation with our fine audience today. And we spoke with Christine Schaefer. She's a podcaster. She does the hilarious podcast, And That's Why We Drink, with her friend M. And she wrote a book. And M is also a co-writer on the book. The book is called A Haunted Road Atlas. Sinister Stops, Dangerous Destinations, and True Crime Tales. Really fun conversation. And Christine appeared on our radar once when we did an ad read for one of her podcasts, Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. Check that out. It's hilarious. They perform dramatic readings of one-star reviews by real people. She was on our radar. And to get the opportunity to finally speak with her, we took advantage of that. And the conversation conversation flowed so great. We had a lot of laughs. I can't wait for people to hear this. And if you want to know more about Christine Schaefer and her work, she has a great website, Christine Schaefer, that is S-C-H-I-E-F-E-R.com. And you can check out all of her work, all of the shows, and you can probably buy that great haunted travel guide book. You sure can, Lance, and I'm excited to check it out. You know what I'm also excited to check out? I'm on the edge of my seat, Tim. What are you excited to check out? It's Crawl Space Premium. It's our premium. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I should have known. That's where you get every single episode of Crawl Space ad-free, and you also get our bonus show, The Crawl Space Crypt. We do it weekly. We talk about life behind the scenes here at Crawl Space Media, things like our upcoming episodes, experiences while recording them, and we also bring you our audio from our Crime and Culture Live Nights. It's almost like we have a microphone in front of our face 24 hours a day, all for the price of a cup of coffee once a month. Just buy us a cup of coffee once a month that's really it and you get ad free crawl space you're gonna love it and before we get to this great conversation we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors thanks to our sponsors and now we're back to the program welcome to the podcast christine of and that's why we drink how are you today I am awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. I really feel like this is uh, something that has been a long time uh-huh. in the works. And the show, and that's why we drink, is hilarious. Oh, well, thank you. And we're so grateful that I guess it's your management team reached out to see if we'd be interested. And we just jumped right on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contact them. Because I, I know your guys show too. For some reason, the logo to me has always just like stayed in my brain. So the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm into that. Good. Because we spent $500,000 for that logo. <laughs> it was worth it. It sticks in one person's just mind. Just mine. <laughs> well, your logo here is great on the back of my... Uh... I cannot believe that. I thought I was in the wrong... I was confused. I was like, am I supposed to be putting on a cool background? But no, you have my name behind you. That's so cool. It's a Ouija board that has uh-huh. blood or wine spilled on it. Yeah, we like to call it wine because it's less, you know, <laughs> troublesome. <laughs> less violent. Yeah. Let's see. You do a number of shows and I have to say we've we've been aware of of you since Beach to Sandy Water to ah. Wet I think first premiered I think we did a promo swap or or something oh back I want to say 2017 or something like that. That sounds right. My brother and I host a comedy podcast, Beach to Sandy Water to Wet that's usually not mentioned on the you know cuz and that's why drink is bigger um but 
Yeah, we do. We read one star Yelp reviews. Oh, oh my gosh. There it is. There's the logo. This is amazing. You guys are so tech savvy. <laughs> tech savvy. We've been working with Zoom for years now. <laughs> we did not spend $500,000 on either of those logos. I think for the, and that's why we drink one, we paid uh, a friend a case of beer for it. So, you know, he's probably still a little bitter that we haven't fully paid him for it, but that's okay. He took the beer. You could always get him another case of beer. I might do that after this episode. Just <laughs> I wish that we could find some of the outtakes of the ad read that we did for Beach 2, oh. Sandy, Water Too Wet, because we were crying. <laughs> First of all, the title is hilarious. <laughs> but you. it's a concept that like a lot of content creators have toyed around with, you know, having the bad reviews be really put on a on the main stage yes where, where did you get that idea you know it's so funny we actually came up with the idea on the fly we were we were planning on doing a project together my brother and I we were living in LA and so you know you live in LA long enough with somebody and you you basically have to start some sort of creative endeavor it's just kind of the LA law I think and so we were planning on starting a podcast and I'd already started and that's why we drink with M and we wanted to do something lighter <laughs> less like crime focused um, and on our way back from my bachelorette party in Las Vegas, uh, we started reading one star reviews of all the things we had done. So we had gone to Chippendales, we had gone to like Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. And so we started reading just for fun, all the one star reviews. And uh, we were laughing so hard that we were like, why don't we just do this and put some music underneath and I don't know. It it took off. People liked it. Yeah, it is a great a, a great concept. There's so much humor there. There's so much, and we didn't really realize like how widespread of a concept this could be. Just because, I mean, obviously, we didn't see COVID nineteen coming, but once that you know kind of went into full effect and lockdowns and mask mandates, um, the reviews took on like a whole new level uh, with the quote unquote Karens of the world, if you will. Uh, and so you know we had like a special quarantine episodes where we just read, you know, COVID, but th that got old really quickly. We didn't, you know, realize this would be like a three-year thing, but for a few months there, we read like COVID reviews, you know, and then, I mean, there are reviews of everything. There are reviews of review sites. Like there are reviews of Yelp on the internet. I mean, it's just never ending. So the content is there. You know, what's really fun is having this conversation and there's, I guess, a list, like an agenda item that we were going to talk about. And this wasn't on there. And it's such a fun, like deviation from <laughs> what we were, what we will get to what we're going to talk about soon. But I just wanted to point out to the listeners that this is all riffing. Right I now. love it. This is, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, nothing if not totally derailing any conversation. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be part of it. We don't like rails here. No, no. Boring. Tim had a great question that he brought up to me earlier on. And he said, I really want to ask this question. Do you think it's weird? And I laughed at first. And then I was like, no, this is a really good question. <gasps> so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to let Tim take the uh, floor. The, here. the question is, do you think the success of your show, your hit podcast, and that's why we drink would have had any kind of different path if you had left the word and off of the top of it? Honestly, I think about that a lot. And I I don't know the answer, but I do know that the name has brought in a lot of people. For example, for with Beach to Sandy, um, we get emails sometimes of people saying, I just liked the logo and I just clicked on it. And I think for, and that's why I drink, people just like the name and click on it. 
Um, and we actually originally had a different title for the show. This is kind of like a, it was originally like a, a secret of the show and it's just not really a secret anymore because I don't do secrets very well, but our original title was eerie and theory. And we like never felt fully right about it. And as we were brainstorming and we had bought the domain name, we bought, we even bought a Google voice number. Like, I don't know what we were thinking <laughs> we were going to do with that, but we put like all, all this money into eerie and theory. And then as we were sitting there, you know, something went wrong. We couldn't remember a password. And one of us shouted, well, that's why I drink. And we kind of had this moment of staring at each other like, oh, shit, we have to like change everything, don't we? And we we did. We just felt like this title just worked better and was more kind of encompassing of everything we talk about and complain about sometimes true crime, paranormal, all of all the all the stuff that makes us drink. And I think we added the and because it just sounded better. It's a great question. I don't know. I I, won I wonder. I think the and does kind of lend a little bit of I don't know the right word, but I think I don't know. Attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it sounds more natural. I don't know. And that's why we drink. Yeah. That's like why flows. we drink. Yeah, there's a different flow to it. And yeah. also it's it it's an A. There's a, there's an A instead oh, of a T. And I wonder true. if alphabetically Wait it makes a second, it easier that's a for people to point. search. That's a great point. I had not even thought of that, but that might have subconsciously both my podcasts start with A and B. So that might have been something I planned subconsciously. Work in the old SEO. <laughs> yeah, or thinking I know how and not really knowing how, but just starting early in the alphabet. We're going to uh, rename all of our shows and Crawl Space. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the doesn't like show up uh, alphabetically. So you do have to use like a a unique A word. Yeah. So you, I think and crawl space would work. We'll talk to our team about that. Great. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Why did you start it and what kind of stuff do you talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So M and I, M is my co-host. We met in uh, grad school in Boston, actually. And there was a class of maybe 12 to 15 of us studying television at Boston University. And we just didn't, we weren't friends. It was like we were acquaintances, but we didn't really like click. We didn't really hang out. Um, and so when we moved to LA pretty much for, you know, internships and so on, pretty much everybody ended up after a few months moving back to Boston or, you know, going their own way. And Em and I were kind of lonely out there and thought, well, I guess we sort of know each other. So we started hanging out and like really quickly realized we should have been friends sooner. M had worked as a paranormal investigator in college. I was working as a private investigator at the time. We had all the same interests. We both thought the other person was really funny. So it was just a strange, like the universe kind of kept us apart for two years. And then within months of just meeting each other, I had introduced M to podcasts and M was like, what is a podcast? And so, you know, a few months after that, M was like, oh, I like podcasts and I think we could do one. And so we tried it thinking only, you know, our moms would listen. And within a few months, again, like strangers were listening. And essentially what we do every week is M brings a paranormal story to the table and I bring a true crime story and we don't tell each other in advance. So we kind of share the story with the other person and the audience at the same time. So it's been really fun. It's a very cool concept, given the fact that both of you have that background right. that you described, where M is a former paranormal investigator, right. <laughs> and you are, do you still have a uh, private investigator license? No. So it was so weird because I was work. it was just a temp job that I happened to pick up. You know, I did everything in LA from dog walking to SEO work, like every, every like kind of odd job you could think of. And so I signed up for this temp agency right before we started the podcast. It just happened to be at this like investigations company. And that was like 
right down my alley. So I started as a temp and then pretty quickly they hired me on full time and I was actually getting my license as the podcast took off. And I kind of had to make a choice at that point of like, am I committing to this track or this track? The, I was like, I'll, I'll get back to that someday. So I... <laughs> didn't get back to it. Um, so yeah, I left the investigations thing, but I still have a, a big, you know, chunk of my heart that, that misses that job a little bit. And has there ever been a moment in your recording? Because you said yourself and M don't tell each other right. what the other is going to bring to the table. Have either of you had a moment where you've been like, wow, why did you do that to me? Oh, all the time. <laughs> Is it every episode? Every episode. It's tough because M. we talk about this a lot, but M stories tend to be, you know, the ghosty, sometimes alien, sometimes like goofy cryptid ones. Um, And so they tend to be like easier to joke about. And like, you know, the whole true crime comedy space is, I wouldn't say controversial, but some people are not into it. So the comedy a lot of times comes from M's half of the stories. And then when mine begin it just quickly turns into you know a tragedy and the dumb thing that we got ourselves into early on is that I was too nervous to start first so every episode M would start first so my we always end on my true crime which is just kind of always a bummer like a huge bummer so for years we've been trying to find something uplifting to do at the end um we haven't really quite we go through phases we haven't really quite landed on anything but we're trying to <laughs> find a way but pretty much every episode M is like why are you doing this to me like we were having such a good time talking about the the tizzy wizzy cryptid of England and now you know we're talking about some horrible unsolved murder so yeah you know it happens but what can you do and where does the interest in crime come from within you you know I think about that a lot and I don't have a 100% answer but Growing up, I uh, lived in a not so great area. There was a lot of crime and we had a few break-ins growing up. And I think part of it is just that like early exposure to the terror of like being, you know, and, and having a break-in. Um, I once confronted a robber with like a hammer and I didn't, I was like 11 and I didn't, I really thought the cat was downstairs and I walked into the basement and there was a guy like pulling himself back out of the basement window and I was just standing there holding a hammer like, oh, 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 there's actually a real person down here. It's not just a cat. And so I think part of it is like this element of maybe control, like, oh, I want to learn as much as I can about this thing that really scared me and made me feel vulnerable when I was younger. Um, and then, you know, probably just the same reason everyone seems to be into true crime these days. It's just a mystery. We all have a good mystery story, you know, try to understand as much as we can. So something about the paranormal, and the true crime, a lot of people cross over. I think it's probably that kind of unknown element to it. So I don't have a hundred percent answer, but that's kind of usually where my, my mind goes. It was a good answer. And I don't want to bury the lead. Actually, where there's two leads here. You mentioned cryptids and Tim lit up because he's a huge cryptid. <laughs> oh, guy. there we go. Loves Mothman. Oh, me too. Oh my gosh. If I could vote for Mothman for president, uh, I would I would sign up for the Mothman party. I would finally yeah. have some affiliation. We would like canvas door to door, probably. Like we'd take it too far, probably. By canvassing door to door would be taking it too far, not just putting <laughs> Mothman on the ballot. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. We would we would kind of probably I I mean I'm just speaking for you, but I think that would be uh, a really new era in my career i'd probably just go you know work for the platform the mothman platform yeah we need to come up with those um like 80s style t-shirts that said like reagan 84 Best. yeah and it'll be like mothman <gasps> 24 yeah. campaign we need, like, shirts a, whole, a cryptids party and How then fun would we'll, that be? we'll campaign for mothman and they'll <gasps> i'm sure there'll be other people who will campaign for 
you know, several like Bigfoot. Nessie. And, uh, yeah, all sorts of cryptids. Thunderbirds, which I'm very interested in. Oh, we, I love Lance a Thunderbird. Lance and I were talking mm-hmm. about today. We just talking about Thunderbirds Really? Today. Oh, it's one of my favorite yeah. stories, yeah. What is it? Where? Okay, where's the interest in cryptids come from? Because I, I can't really figure it out in myself quite yet. You know, that it's funny because I never thought of myself as someone who was really interested in cryptids. It wasn't something I knew too much about. And then when we started the podcast and M occasionally would sprinkle in a few stories, I don't find myself as into the ones that are like pretty obviously a hoax. I think like they're fun, but I, I, I don't find those as, you know, fascinating as maybe the, I mean, people might look at me and go, you're trying to tell me Mothman <laughs> could be real, but I think those stories are more fascinating because they just have more kind of spookiness to them. So I don't know, maybe it's just that whole element of like the mystery of it again. We love to believe in something that we can't necessarily prove. I don't know, as like a non-religious person, maybe that's like the, you know, you have to believe in something <laughs> that you can't necessarily see. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program. The other lead that I just want to clear up real quick, and then we can get back to talking about Mothman. Were you planning on smashing a cat with a hammer? (laughs) No, never. No, I'm a huge cat lover. No, no. In my mind, I had just, I had heard like some clattering. And so I was like, oh, someone's breaking in. And then, you know, my 11 year old brain was like, no, it's just the cat. Don't worry. But like, maybe go check just in case. And I like peeked down and I, I heard some noise and I thought it must be the cat, right? It's gotta be the cat. And I was trying to tell myself that. And I was like, just in case I'm going to grab a weapon. And so I grabbed a hammer. Smart. Yeah. I'd walked downstairs and I was like, oh, that's a full grown man. And thankfully he fled, you know, rather than attack or whatever else he could have done. Imagine if before he fled, he was like, meow. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) You were right all along. Yeah, I think uh, I think the, the the cat was just a story I was telling myself, and I I promise I would not have harmed any cats in the process. I promise. All right, back to sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, you. it's important it, distinction. Lance. I wouldn't want anyone thinking that about me. And does your co-host M believe in Mothman or or some oh, of these yeah. cryptid mysteries? Yeah, M believes in everything. We always joke that I'm the skeptic of the group and I'm not even really that skeptical to be honest. Like I I am more prone to kind of trying to figure out the especially in a you know a ghost story or something I'm always the first to be like well maybe it was this that or the other but I'm definitely a believer in paranormal stuff but M oh my gosh you tell them like speaking of cats sometimes my cat will make a noise and M was like oh my gosh that was a ghost and I'll turn my computer and say that was a cat and I was like I don't know it sounded a lot like a ghost and it's like so M is very much like believes <laughs> anything and everything they just covered a story of uh the tizzy wizzy have you heard of this cryptid no, no. I thought you were actually just kind of making it up. It sounds up, like, like I was making it up, doesn't whatever. it? But it's apparently a real thing. Well, it's a, not a real thing. It's a thing a guy made up. And it was, I think, in either Scotland, maybe Scotland or England. I'm not sure. Um, like in the late 1800s or early 1900s. Um, and it's this cryptid. It's a hedgehog with bumblebee wings and a squirrel tail. 
Huh. Why not? Why not? I mean, why not at this point? If we're making <laughs> it's 2022. It's, yeah, if we're making things up, uh, might as well. Yeah, I mean, go that's there. It? And he basically admitted, like, pretty much admitted that he just made it up for tourists who are coming to the area to be like, oh, let's go hunt for the Tizzy Wizzy. And people would pay to get on his boat and row over to this island and like search for the Tizzy Wizzy. Um, and I guarantee you, M was the first tourist to sign up, like in a past life in the 1830s, to sign up and go hunt for the Tizzy Wizzy because I know how badly they wanted to believe this thing was real, um, even though the guy like pretty much admitted he made it up. But so M believes everything. Good segue. Speaking of haunted tourists, tell us a little bit about the book. Oh, my gosh. That you wrote this with them, A Haunted Road Atlas. Yes, we wrote a book. That was always one of my life goals. M is famously not a reader and doesn't like to read books. And so it was kind of a job convincing them to write one with me. But the caveat was that we would write something that even M would read, which meant that it would be interactive, you know, have pictures, be broken up, not a dense, you know, text based book. Um, So we were uh, lucky enough to find some cool people, a really awesome illustrator to work with us. And we wrote A Haunted Road Atlas, which is just cities throughout the U.S. We tried to originally make like list like 75 different cities and the publisher was like, this is going to be a 6,000 page book. Like you're not, you can't, you got to cut it down. So I think now it's 32 cities. And in each city, I tell like a local crime story, M tells a paranormal story, and then we list you know, haunted hotels to stay at, um, the best bars, the and we, you know, note if they're haunted, of course, um, the best ice cream spots, all that good stuff, uh, just weird touristy things you can do in the area. It's sort of like inspired by Atlas Obscura almost. Yeah, we made kind of a, a cool road atlas and we were super excited that the team we worked with made it beautiful and we, you know, put it up. Oh, there it is. Like, I like my little face peeking up picking up from the bottom there. And yeah, we felt really uh, lucky because we somehow magically made it on the New York Times bestseller list, which is something I didn't even dare put in my like on my vision board because I was like, that's never going to happen. Even our book agent and our manager called and said like, we did not think that was going to happen. And I was like, that makes three of us. So we were very, uh, very honored to have released that last month or two months ago. I'm very surprised that no one expected this to do well. Nobody. We were like, you could have at least pretended you expected it. And they were like, no, we were shocked. It's like the timing of it is perfect because we're all, you know, I, I hate using that whole like post pandemic sure, thing, but sure. people love this. People love haunted things. And now people are like, I want to go places. Wanna travel, I want to travel again. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was just like you, you just hit it right in that like wheelhouse of perfect timing. And it's and it's fun. Yeah, well, I'm glad you think so. We we had fun writing it. It was super fun to write. Um, and we, you know, were writing it during the lockdown. And so, of course, it was like a little bit sad because we were like, well, you know, and we've been to a lot of these places on tour. So we have like a little tidbit of uh, our time on tour in each of these places. You know, it was a little sad because we were like, when will we ever get to go to I don't know, Minneapolis, New York, wherever. And so now that things are finally picking back up and we're going out there again, it's kind of cool that now we have this little compendium almost of of cool places in each spot. Yeah, it's so cool. How long did it take you and M to write? I was heavily pregnant, so a lot of it is a blur. <laughs> I was just like exhausted. And my goal, my only goal was like, finish this before you have the baby. Because if you think, you know, if you think you don't have time now, you're not going to have time. So I would say it probably took us a year of just research and writing all in all. But again, this was like when time stood still and didn't mean anything during quarantine. So (laughs) for all I know, it's like shorter or longer, but I think it was probably about a year. Is the actual shape of the book different than other book shapes? 
it's a big is it like a circle planchette. No, I, I, I we had not thought of that. I think I think probably oh we may have even pitched something dumb like that, and they were probably like that dumb, far too expensive. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, no, very dumb, very dumb. Yes, Lance is obsessed with uh, book shapes. Are Anytime... you? I didn't know <laughs> that. It's a very strange thing. It's kind of an inside joke now. Oh. Um, we we've talked about books uh, over here, and we we can't get past what shape the book would be in. Whoa. Okay. Well, I'm pulling it out now. It's so boring. I'm sorry. It's so boring. It's just a rectangle. That's great. That looks great. <laughs> it has flaps. Does that count? No, no. It, it's it's good. It's fine. It's good. I mean, it would have been. Like, I really wanted it to be circular. Well, I'm disappointed like now that it's not. Maybe we can make the next. Are there books that are? Co- I mean, what books are cool <laughs> shapes? Wait, you don't even know, don't know if there are any books that are cool shapes. We can move on. From okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat. I think I've found my new hyperfixation. <laughs> um, well, well, tell us about ahead. your upcoming tour. We're very excited about this. This is just announced. Um, it's almost like a, I, I don't want to say last minute, but they're sort of like encore shows because we had started this tour, this exact same tour in January of 2020. So this is kind of a long time, uh, you know, thing. But uh, we did a few shows this spring and then we felt like we needed to, I don't know, round out the year with a few more, some uh, some cities we hadn't been to since early 2020, because a lot of new listeners have hopped on board and missed those early shows. Um, and so basically we're going uh, to a lot of new cities. We're going to New Orleans, Charleston, a lot of fun places. It's mostly a surprise, but we're sharing um, haunted footage and some like a sp- some spooky stories from uh some adventures we've had i'll leave it at that <laughs> but it's a it's a very paranormally heavy live show and it's been a blast and so we added a few new cities so yeah if you want to check that out you can go to and that's why we drink.com all the all the cities are there oh and we're speaking of cryptids i should throw this to you we're doing a um live show a virtual live show in august called this is so insane and this is when i say things like this out loud and i feel like my whole job is a fever dream but we're doing something called cryptids unscripted poetry slam and it's a poetry slam and charity auction <laughs> that we did last year and we called it the first annual last year and so we said well i guess we got to do it again and people basically send submissions of their cryptid slam poetry and we read those aloud uh, with, you know, piano, jazz, soft jazz music, some rain in the background and kind of do a slam poetry reading of people's cryptid stories. And then people also send in like personal cryptid experiences that we read aloud as well. And it's also a live auction where a lot of small businesses that we list, we work with, uh, you know, put up um, little items and like specialty items and things like that. Cryptid plushies, that kind of thing. And people can bid and the proceeds are going to reproductive justice efforts. So it's it's a lot of words to describe one event, but that's happening in August. So we'll, we're doing that if, if you're not in a city that we're going to visit in person. I really might have to submit a, uh, a cryptid poem. Honestly, um, it would be awesome if you did <laughs> we would I love might. that if tim loves anything more than cryptids it's slam poetry. there we go look at that combo i mean who would have thought those two would ever combine but it all felt like a fever dream i was probably drunk when we made it up i don't remember but people for whatever reason just got on board and were like oh you want sensual mothman poetry well here you go and it, they came out in droves it was kind of amazing 
Yeah, what's the difference between slam a slam poem about Mothman versus a a regular poem about Mothman? I have absolutely no idea. I <laughs> I feel like slam poetry to me is more you I mean again, somebody who knows poetry is going to be just ripping their hair out, but <laughs> in my mind slam poetry like you go to a um like a cafe, a jazz cafe and someone's like has little glasses on and is like reading it with like very specific punctuation. I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Well, have you ever seen, um, so I married an ax murderer. Have you seen yes. that movie? I have not. Wow. That's a good one. The slam poetry. That's a slam poetry that he does. Okay. In that movie. Okay. Yes. Right. Right. Classic. So it's more Classic. spoken word. Spoken versus word. Like, there you go. Yeah. Less rhyme. Although I have to say, I'm probably going to try to rhyme it. You got to rhyme. I, well, you don't yeah. got to rhyme it, but I, I do like when they rhyme. I feel like it makes it fun to read out loud. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You can rhyme it. I think the fun of it is like rhyming it where people don't expect you to rhyme Ooh. it and you're putting emphasis on words that you shouldn't like that. The emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> Wouldn't. Thank you for right. saying that. Yeah, I see. Okay. All right. I'm going to work on that. Honestly, be from, yeah. uh, it would be from an honor. People. It would be an honor. <laughs> Your SEO people? Okay. I'll be waiting. <laughs> You'll hear from our team. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. What can people expect at the actual live events? Definitely. There's a drinking game. I can reveal that. Um, there is a drinking game. So we do have fun in that way. And it is a live like on stage. It's me and M on stage. M comes and like decks out the whole stage in spooky stuff memorabilia there's even a robert the doll and like all sorts of just creepy creepy stuff on stage lights all that good stuff candles and then uh we have some video footage that so we tell a story of uh a you know spooky location we went to and did uh an investigation and uh we show some of the footage from that to the audience to kind of some of it's funny some of it's really scary and we kind of tell that story and there's a lot of twists and turns we've actually had people this is the biggest honor we so we have um what we call drag alongs which are when typically women drag their male partner along to the event who don't want to be there <laughs> but are there and at the end a lot of times like back when we did meet and greets and stuff a lot of times the the drag along would say oh my god like that was really scary or you know usually the biggest compliment is when people said that it was actually really frightening and so that was always the biggest you know exciting part is that people would show up just expecting some you know whatever I don't know what they thought of us but they they didn't want to be there let's put it that way um and then afterwards when they said they were actually really spooked and freaked out that was always the biggest honor so you know if you want to go laugh a little get a little scared have a drink that's the place to be now what is it that's gonna scare me if i or when i go to one of these shows you mentioned you were gonna play some haunted footage i think you said yes like, what, what is that i can't reveal too much because it's supposed to, i don't know em always makes me keep it a secret but uh we basically have footage from an investigation we did we filmed an investigation that we did like a ghost hunt and so we have quite a bit of footage of that that some of it still to this day really frightens me. It was a very scary evening. Um, and so we show that footage and show clips and slowdowns and, you know, all that good stuff. EVPs, just creepy stuff. Cool. And I have to go back to the book. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for zigzagging. I'm sorry. All over it's not place. a circle. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. I can cut it. Well, no. Oh, don't. Please don't cut it. Um, <laughs> 
not to again zigzag all over the place, but the way the book is broken down is really fun because it is the way your show is broken down, where you have right. M kind of chiming in in these little bubbles, and uh, you, you start off right in Boston, which is cool because that's in our backyard, well the Northeast, right. and, and then you have Boston in there. You mentioned the Boston Strangler as one of your crime highlights. Mm-hmm. What was it about the Boston Strangler that you chose as opposed to? say, Whitey Bulger or the Gardner Museum heist or any of the other crimes that took place in Boston? Yeah, that's a great question. There are, I had a whole list for Boston. There were a couple cities, I think Milwaukee, LA and Boston being the big ones where I had so many topics to choose from and it was just like an endless supply. And so it was hard to pick. I think I picked the Boston Strangler, well, A, because I'd actually never covered it on the podcast. And so it was kind of something different that people could get from the book that they hadn't already heard. You know, I don't know something about that story. I think that was the first chapter we wrote was New Orleans. And so I did the axe man of New Orleans for that. And then the second we wrote was Boston. And I remember thinking like, if we're starting the book with this, it got to start with a bang. And so I think I wanted it to set the tone and just having, you know, a very unfortunately classic, you know, story, Boston Strangler just seemed to hit, hit the bill. I don't know, fit the bill, fit the bill. Hit the mark and hit fit the, the mark bill, and or... fit the bill at the same time. <laughs> or, or fit the mark. Okay. <laughs> so you're a believer in the paranormal? I am, you know, and I lived in LA long enough that I became that kind of cliche white lady in LA where I'm like, ooh, Reiki and like crystals and all that nonsense. And now I live in Kentucky and I'm like, ooh, Reiki and crystals. And my neighbors are like, oh God, there's that lady from California. But I do, I do believe in the paranormal. I believe in spiritual, you know, woo woo stuff. I love it. I love it all. Anything that would be over the line for you Mm. and maybe over the line for M as far as too scary? Interesting. Yeah, any experiences uh, also. Oh, yeah. So we have had a few. M usually, you know, takes this one just because they have the most experience with ghost hunting and all that good stuff. I have had a few things happen that I couldn't quite explain. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but I'm more skeptical than M. It's not really hard to be. The bar is pretty low, but I am more skeptical. And so I do kind of tend to take all my own experiences with a grain of salt. But I will say in the um, Whaley house in San Diego, I saw what I can't, I cannot describe it as anything other than a full grown man apparition. I was just on a tour there and I uh, was looking up the stairs on the tour and it was, you know, a nighttime tour. And I saw this man with this big hat, just walking, you know, across the staircase and into the room on the other side of the staircase. And I thought, oh, that's fun. They're doing reenactments. And I said like, oh, are you, are you doing any reenactments up there? And they were like, no, that's not even that part of the house isn't even, you know, on the tour. And I was like, well, who's that guy walking around in the hat? And of course the tour guide is all excited. Like, oh, describe him to me. And I'm like, okay. And so I describe him and he goes, does he look like this? And he has this big cardboard cutout of like Mr. (laughs) Whaley who used to live there. And I was like, okay, that's really spooky. It looks just like that. But I'm pretty convinced that you just have a guy walking around up there with this outfit. And he's like, follow me. And so we went up there and he said, where did he go? And I said, he walked from here across the hallway and into this room over here. And the guy led me to the room and was like, touch that. And it was all plexiglassed off. He's like, you can't walk in there. It's completely plexiglassed. And this room was Mr. Whaley's office. And so he's known to just get up from his bedroom over here, walk across the hall 
into his office. He did it every morning. And I was like, let me look around. So I looked around. It's not a very big area. Nobody there. And I saw the guy walk through plexiglass. It was very strange. Can't explain it. I imagine when when I die, there's my, my ghost is going to walk from the bedroom to my home office as well. Just that um, same just, track back and forth. Because I do it every day anyway. And Isn't it just seems like... Yeah. I'm so conditioned to do it that if my body died, I'm pretty sure the rest of me, whatever's left, would still do that and probably edit and everything. Isn't that sad when you're like, well, if my body would probably just work for the rest of the time. It's like, oh, well, that's what it knows best. <laughs> All of the cosmic particles that you thought were going to go into this like beautiful yeah. the great beyond. beyond. Yeah, <laughs> it goes back to work. <laughs> My ghost will start sending Zoom links and uh, calendar invites. Calendar invites. I'll accept them. I'll I'll do the honor of accepting. I'll probably just be standing at the fridge, my ghost, just like blankly looking. You know, I don't know. (laughs) That's what I'm used to. Oh, well, I know you're on a bit of a time crunch. So is there anything that we haven't touched upon that is vital to this conversation? Not much. I'm just really... uh really honored to to be on with you guys um this is i'm a big fan of your show and i'm a big fan of you putting both my logos as your background so (laughs) so thank you i'm about to hit you with something else here hold on Uh uh-oh i don't even know what to expect if it's mr whaley i might scream so be careful (laughs) (laughs) i think it is based on lance's reaction no it's not is it really i will (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the same guy. I'm not even kidding you. Look, my palms are sweating. I was freaking out. I really thought like, oh, they must have some like show going on upstairs. <gasps> that's pretty cool. That is frightening. I knew you were going to pull something like that. I knew it. <laughs> Mr. Whaley. Mr. Whaley always showing up in my dreams. <laughs> well, Christine, this has been a lot of fun uh, catching up with you. Thanks a lot for uh, for spending some time with us here today. It's been such an honor. I love the show, and thank you so, so much for having me. 